Welcome to the TKH2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. It's Monday, January 11th. The new year's upon us. And the first segment here, we're going to talk about something about Pitt moving forward. And I think it's even more relevant right now because there's a situ- similar situation with the team that Pitt shares its practice facilities with in the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got a quarterback that ain't going to be here much longer and an offensive coordinator that can't nobody stand. Of course, with the Steelers, you're talking about Ben Roethlisberger and Randy Feekner. And with Pitt, you've got Kenny Pickett and Mark Whipple. Now, granted, Ben Roethlisberger is a million times the quarterback Kenny Pickett is. College and pros, that's a different story. I'm not saying that they're the same quarterback. But they're both in the situation where you're probably looking at Ben has one more year. And Pickett has already said he has one more year. And you've got two offensive coordinators that take a shellacking in the public. Randy Feetner's offense, although it worked at times this year, everyone was calling for his head a lot of times this year. And last year, even though those were backup quarterbacks. But Mark Whipple, where we're going to focus our conversation on here. Mark Whipple's offense seems disjointed and relies on Kenny Pickett to pull up some razzle-dazzle at times. And there's sometimes the coordinated part is there. There's drop passes that, you know, that aren't on Mark Whipple. You know, the Pitts receivers got to do better. You know, Pitts offensive line needed to block better for its run game. Those type of things are important. But you got to ask yourself at Pitt, what part of the system do you want to hold on to, if at all? And similarly, again, with the Steelers, you ask yourself a question, do you do you invest in a new offensive coordinator even though you're getting this quarterback back? Because remember, Kenny Pickett, they brought in Whipple to to fix things, and Kenny Pickett had to adjust to another coordinator. And then this was the year that was supposed to be, okay, Kenny Pickett knows the system, he'll be fine. But that's not what happened. And on top of everything else that didn't make sense with a lot of the play calling, you had Kenny Pickett and even Joey Yellen or Davis Bevel or whoever filled in for Pickett when he was hurt, run into the sideline every play to get the play call, which makes no sense with the technology and things you can do today. No other, I I literally, I've watched college football. I don't see any other team doing it, especially the winning teams. And you got to ask yourself real questions is, you know, everyone's wanted Mark Whipple gone all season, but then you're saying, is Kenny Pickett coming back? Do you, do you really want to revamp the offense with, when you know that Kenny Pickett was the best thing for your offense last season? But then you got to ask yourself is, is what you had on offense once you want for next season too? That's the problem here. Yes, you want Kenny Pickett to be comfortable within his offense and be able to make plays. But if you can find another coordinator that can, one, not make your quarterback run to the sideline every play, and then two, also make it so that he's he's able to manage the offense and make plays in more reasonable situations, and maybe you also get a, a better ground game going, maybe that's what you reach for there. And I'm for it. And listen, y'all know me. I am not a coach obliterator. You know, every every year when any teams lose, 
somebody's calling for the coach in the media. And that's in every sport. Oh, they, they messed this up. Oh, they messed that. I mean, we were just talking, people were just talking about the World Series and, you know, and pulling the pictures at the wrong time and doing this and doing that. And then, you know, you got, you know, you got the Steelers every year. It's a coaching thing. And, you know, you know it, trust me, and, you know, it's, it's a constant conversation, no matter what sports you play, no matter what team you, co- you, you play or you, you watch or you cover, it's a thing. But I do think in this situation, you do have to look at the, at the reality that the offense isn't clicking under Mark Whipple. And yes, again, there are execution parts of this. Absolutely. But I think you got you got some young running backs. Vincent Davis popped off for a really good final game of the season, so you're bringing him back, thinking he could do some more. You're getting that kid out of Virginia. You're getting Izzy. AJ Davis is coming back. If you just need a veteran, your offensive line looked like maybe it's putting some things together. Maybe. And you got young offensive linemen like Matt Gonsalves who's going to be coming up. I really think when you look at that, it's worth a shot to build elsewhere, at least scheme-wise, for your offense. Because when I look at what Pitt didn't do well, it was a mix of just not finding any continuity to rely on on offense. Normally when I look for an offense, I look for, okay, what are their strengths? What is the strength that when you play this team, you have to game plan to take away from it? And then how do you build off of that strength? Like for the Steelers, their strength, throwing the ball down the field. You got athletic playmakers at the wide receiver position and tight end. Use them. And when they use them, they won. And then you need to use them enough so that you can do the other things backed off of them. Or I guess piggybacked off of them. That's the better term. What was that thing for Pitt this year? I mean, I guess it was Kenny Pickett throwing the ball, getting the ball to his receivers, but it wasn't consistent enough. You know, when when the Steelers had Le'Veon Bell, they had that play, you know, the you know the, the counter lead where they'd have the offensive tackle and a guard or or pouncy, and they pull and lead block, and that was a staple of the offense. And when you, you people knew it was coming, they still couldn't stop it. The Pitt needs something like that. You know, when Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, the jet sweep was a problem. They maximized their weapons on offense. There's no part of Whipple's offense that makes me feel like he's maximizing anything. And that's where I think the problem is. Randy Feekner, I'm not going to get into on his show. We got a lot of time to do that. We got a whole offseason to do that. But Whipple, I do think Pitt has to look at this and say, no, new direction. And if they decide to bring him back, there has to be. So the one thing, if they decide to bring him the only thing that will save me from calling this out all season as a bad move will be if he comes out next year and he does not force his quarterback to run to the sideline. (laughs) If he does that, I'll be like, ah, all right, you backed me off. I'm not going to say anything. But I do look at this as, you know, you st- and you got other young, talented receivers. You got Jordan Addison, who looks like he's going to be a baller. You got guys that you're, that you're bringing in and that you think you can do well. And if you want to bring in a quarterback, 
that's going to make a difference for you. I guarantee you quarterbacks that watch your team and see their quarterback, see the, the see Kenny Pickett running the sideline every play are going to be like, ah, eh, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to try out Miami or I'm, I'm going to think I'm going to try out Wake Forest. And, you know, you know, I'm just going to go somewhere else. But I think that that's a place where you could really look at some serious changes. And I know we've talked about, you know, the potential of Narduzzi being replaced and I, that's just not going to happen. Especially with the recruiting wins they've got lately. Now, if, if this team collapses next year, different story. But I really think that a big way to help it not collapse is to put in a new offensive system, try to work it around some playmakers that you got, and see if see if you could turn something up. We're gonna take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about Aaron Donald. We looked we looked forward with our last with his last segment. We're gonna look back to Pitt, but also at Aaron Donald right now because he's in a really special place in the NFL, and it's fun to talk about your favorite former Panthers doing well at that level. Right after this. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back here on the DK HGP Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's talk about Aaron Donald. We need something happy to talk about football-wise in Pittsburgh after what happened Sunday night. So, something that happened, I believe that was Saturday, was the Rams pulled off a decent upset over the Seahawks and are headed to the divisional round of the playoffs. Now, granted, they're about to play Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's going to go well for them. But, key factor in that game was absolutely Aaron Donald being a bad man. And when hasn't Aaron Donald been a bad man? Am I right? Now, this guy went to Penn Hills, went to Pitt, just dominated every single facet of of the game when he was at Pitt. I mean, he he just, he broke... He broke through everything. And the funny thing is that Aaron Donald, like he's he's not some ridiculous behemoth monster of a build. He's 6'1", 284. Now, granted, all of that 284 is muscle. I'd say 99.999999% is muscle. And you see how he plays the game of football. He's always low out of stance. He's always using his hands. He's always explosive off the ball. And it's the same thing you saw at Pitt. And he has a, and it's funny, you know, the, the votes are already cast and everything. Everyone's already, you know, voted and stuff. And TJ Watt might get the defensive MVP, but you could say every year for the past several years, Aaron Donald's just the, just the defensive player, MVP, the defensive MVP of the NFL, because there's no way the defensive tackle is doing all the damage that he does. Mind you, we said that about Pitt too. 11 sacks as a, as a sophomore. 11 sacks as a senior had five and a half as a junior, but he was, he was, a, he was just a wrecking ball for Pitt. 
and you look at his pro stats and just all the problems that he's brought for teams over for, for teams over the years who have tried to game plan for him. I mean, he w- he had 20 and a half sacks once in, in 2018. 20 and a half as a defensive tackle. That's ridiculous. And he had 13 and a half last year, 12 and a half or the 12, 13 and a half this year, 12 and a half the year before that. 11 sacks in 2017. He's had four straight years of double digit sacks at defensive tackle. That's ridiculous. He's had five seasons of double digits, and the two seasons that he didn't have double digits of sacks, he had nine, and then he had eight. And again, it's the way that he beats people. It's ridiculous how explosive he is, how strong he is, but how technical he is. Because, and, and you know, you, you're looking at him and you're thinking like, man, at defensive tackle, you need size, you need weight, you need length, you need, you need long, long arms to be able to get your arms in the, into the chest of the guard and to drive them back and the size to overpower them. Aaron Donald just said, just give me a crack of daylight. Just give me the snap of the ball. I'm going to blow this guy off the ball. And if he tries to be over aggressive one way, I'll spin off of it and go the other. To the point where the Seahawks in that game were trying to triple team him, and it didn't help. He had two sacks in the same drive. Now, he finished the game with two sacks, also hurt his ribs. And when I saw him hurt his ribs and he was holding his ribs, I was like, wait, Aaron Donald can get hurt? That happens? He's missed a total of two, two regular season games in his career with the Rams. Two! And this is what his seventh season in the league, and especially at defensive tackle where you're getting beat up every single play, and especially the past three four years where teams have been doubling and triple teaming him every single play. It, it asks yourself this question, and we, we may just do this as a whole debate for a show at some point later in the off season. We got a long off season ahead of us. We may do this later. But you got to ask yourself, you know, Pitt fans got to watch Larry Fitzgerald for, what, 16 years in the NFL. And I'd say that over that stretch, he was he was the best receiver that I watched in football. Now, there were times where other players were, of course, better than him. You know, Antonio Brown stepped up over him at times. There was times you could say Randy Moss was better than him at times. But when you look at the span of his start of his career to the end of his career, this man finished with the second most receiving yards and receptions. I did a whole Larry Fitzgerald thing. I don't, I don't mean to repeat that. But you, where I'm going with this is that Larry Fitzgerald, all-time player, all-time pit player, all-time NFL player, first battle Hall of Famer, and Aaron Donald may be more special than that. Now, granted, that's... I think an antiquated discussion. I think it, it, I think it's pointless. You're looking at that like, okay, what does it really matter if a if a defensive tackle is better than a wide receiver? Like, who's having that debate? But the point is, I think rather than saying who's better, is how crazy is it that Pitt gets to celebrate watching Aaron Donald do this in his career right right at the end when Larry Fitzgerald's you know finishing up his storied career. Also crazy that neither of them, you know, are on a Super Bowl teams. You know, Donald has more years in him. He's 29 years old, but um, it's wild to me to look at Aaron Donald and think like, man, like that dude. And, and you know, he got drafted early, but when he was at Pitt, you just saw. I mean, you just saw teams 
trying to he would tackle two dudes at the same time on an option play and now you're seeing in the NFL he's still doing that you know part of my worry was that man that was college it's not going to transfer over as easily and he didn't just make it look easy he made it look simple like yeah I can just do this so I don't know what you pitheads you know you probably watched the college football championship Monday night but when the Packers played play over Rams, if Aaron Donald's back healthy, I know Sean McVay said he was optimistic that he would be. If he's back, I, if I'm a Pitt fan, I'm watching. I'm watching just to see how he does because now he's against Aaron Rodgers. And if the Rams pull off that upset, beating the Seahawks is one thing. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson was kind of in a rut the same way that Ben Roethlisberger's been in a rut. But you beat Aaron Rodgers, who was on fire and who might be the MVP of the NFL this year. And you lead the way while your offense is playing horribly with with Jared Goff. I don't know. That deserves a lot of credit. Granted, Aaron Donald ain't the only person that defense. They got Jalen Ramsey and other players. But who's the man up front? You know that answer. It's Aaron Donald. Because you knew that answer when he was at Pitt. So Pitt fans, do do yourself a favor. If Aaron Donald's healthy to go on Sunday or Saturday, do yourself a favor and watch that game. Because I think that he could really change the dynamics of that game, make some big plays, and win or lose, you know he's going to put up a big fight and you're going to feel proud that he was a Pitt Panther. Like you should every day. That's our show here on the football episode of the DKH2P podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. I hope you're enjoying the show and hope you're enjoying all of the DK podcast network. We've got lots of stuff coming up this week. Don't forget morning Java for Tuesday. I'm talking to Tom Reed. We're going to talk more about that Steelers loss. DK's got his daily shots coming out every day going on Steelers, Pirates, Penguins. Penguins coming up, man. It's going to be exciting. Going to be have a lot of things to talk about with them because their season begins against the Flyers. Ooh, can't wait for that. Hope you're listening and hope you're enjoying. Again, rate us five stars. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Be back in your ears soon talking pit basketball. We're going to get you ready for this weekend where hopefully they play Syracuse at the Pete and it's not postponed. Until then, H2P.